go. Immediately after his resurrection, of course, Jesus appeared to some women who had followed him and then to his disciples. He remained on the earth for 40 more days and then ascended back to the Father. But what do you think Jesus is doing right now as we speak? The the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was not the end of a story. It was the beginning. When John was given the revelation, it was the revelation not primarily of what would happen in the end times. It was the revelation of who the risen and reigning Christ is now and forever for His church. Resurrection Sunday is not only the opportunity to remember that Jesus Christ conquered death, sin, hell, and the grave. It's not just a time to look back on where Jesus was, but to remember and look now to where Jesus is. And in this world that we live in here in 2023, there's nothing, nothing that will comfort and establish our hearts more than a glimpse of what Jesus looks like right now as we speak. The risen Christ reigns and is alive forevermore. Let me pray. Our Father, we are thankful for this day. Lord, this is the greatest day of all days that have ever been, are, and ever will be. The resurrection of Your Son, Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of all things. The hinge of two ages, Father. Be with us now as we read and study Your Word together. God, help me preach, please, the text in front of me. Help everyone to listen. Lord, let us stand amazed and broken and restored under the power of Your perfect, eternal authoritative, inerrant, infallible, inspired word. Amen. Revelation chapter 1 this morning, beginning in verse 4. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and made us a kingdom, priests to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail On account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, 
I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. The word of the Lord. Jesus Christ was brutally murdered. Brutally murdered. He died at 3 p.m. on a Friday. He had been falsely accused. Betrayed by a friend and a disciple. Arrested. Dragged before a kangaroo court at an absurd hour of the late night into the early morning. So that he could be extradited to the Romans. Without too much of an uproar, he was blasphemed, mocked, beaten, sent to Pontius Pilate, spat upon, mocked, derided. He was made to carry his cross on his torn and bloody back with a crown of thorns having been jammed down on his head. He was then crucified with nails in his hands and feet and hung naked until he died. While he continued to be mocked. This was the most wretched, horrible unjust evil to ever be perpetrated by mankind. All with the hands-on involvement of that wicked dragon, Satan himself. He was taken down from the cross after a spear had been thrust into his side to confirm that he was dead, wrapped for burial, placed in a borrowed tomb. He didn't have his own, where he lay dead until early Sunday morning. There sometime in the morning while it was still dark, in the silence of the grave, the power of Almighty God burst into the body of Jesus. And He came back to life. Literally. Back to life. He left the tomb, never to return to one. Forty days later, in front of a large crowd, He ascended in the clouds to the right hand of the Father, which is not so much one physical place, but the place of authority over the entire cosmos and all reality. And from heaven, this morning, this day, April 9th, the year of our Lord, 2023, the one who is and who was and who is to come sends His grace and His peace to you. To you. Jesus is no longer confined to the earth in a body. He cannot will not suffer anymore. He cannot, will not ever be crucified again. The reason for which He came to earth in the first place has been accomplished. It is finished. And Jesus is the undisputed King of everything. He is the faithful witness to the grace and mercy and promise of God. Jesus Christ is in the flesh, every word of God proven true. He is the firstborn of the dead, 
in verse 5. The very first to be resurrected to a glorified body which can never decay, never suffer, and will never die. And He, and He alone, is the ruler of kings on earth. When you fear the power and the authority of men like Joe Biden or Volodymyr Zelensky or Vladimir Putin or Justin Trudeau or Xi Jinping, you remember that they are subject to your king. They are but tools in God's mighty hand. Their king, their ruler, is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. May they all, each one of them, hear the gospel, repent, and worship Him. There's not one ruler, there isn't one place of authority in the universe, not on earth, not in the heavenly places, not among the elemental spirits of this age, or the powers of this present darkness in high places that hold a candle to the risen and reigning Christ. Those on earth and under the earth can only do what they're permitted to do by His hand, for all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him and to Him alone. So when they do things that seem to defy the living God, like we do every day, but compare to theirs and so don't think much of them, you remember that even in their evil, they are serving God's purpose for creation. Unwillingly. Unknowingly. They stand beneath, operate under, and will one day bow their knee to Jesus Christ Himself. That is the Jesus. This Jesus who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and made us a kingdom, priests to His God and Father in verse 5. Did you know, believer, that's what you are? Did you know that's what you are? When you go to work, when you go to sleep, when you live your life, when you go to the store, when you're sick, when you're suffering, when all is well, did you know that's who you are? That Jesus made you that? Do you know what no government, no authority, no circumstance, no trial, no policy, no law, no person can touch the love of God for you in Christ Jesus? Nothing can separate you from the love that was demonstrated for us in the fact that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. None can accuse, none can condemn. This Jesus is the one who died. He loves us. And when He gave up His life, He freed us from our sins. But I still struggle with sin, Tony, even as a believer. Yes, we do. We all do, and we all will until He returns. But this Christ has made all our sins stones at the bottom of God's ocean. And there they will stay forever. The stain His blood leaves on me cannot be washed out. It covers all my sins, past, present, and future. We are His believer, and He is ours. And by His great, unlimited resurrection power, He has made us a kingdom and priests to His God and Father in verse 6. There's no memorial statue in heaven with a plaque detailing the accomplishments of that son they sent to the world but died. This is not a religion purely of memorial remembrance. 
the risen Christ stands right now before the Father and with His authority says that we, born of Adam's race, are now His kings and priests. And we are who God says we are. We bring the rule of Christ to bear on all creation through the proclamation of the gospel. Our existence as redeemed sinners means that Jesus has won the victory for us. That's what every salvation means. He lives and He reigns. And now stands ready, able, and willing to save any and all who receive His gospel, repenting of their sins and confessing His name. We bring the peace of Christ to bear on the Ohio Valley. The Lord knows this place. He knows where it is. He sees it. He sees you. He knows our names. Believer, we are priests to God. We minister the gospel on His behalf. So indeed to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. But that's not all. The resurrection means Jesus is alive. And if Jesus is alive, it means He's coming back. He will return in the clouds the exact same way that He left. This will absolutely take place literally and physically. He will return in the clouds the exact same way that He left and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him in verse 7. When Jesus returns in the power and majesty of God, all will see Him, even those in the graves, even those who no longer live, because God will raise up all from the dead, all, some to everlasting life, the rest to eternal punishment. Even those who mocked and spit and blasphemed and flogged and nailed His hands down will see Him returning in great power and great glory. All will finally have to stop the charade and admit that He indeed is Lord and bow their knee to Him. And when that day comes, the whole earth will know and will wail on account of Him. Receive Him now. Even so, Amen. So be it. The risen and reigning Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. The one who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. Jesus Christ is God. He is the second person of the Holy Trinity. He is now, He was then, and He forever will be. The grave could not hold Him. It could not hold Him. It was impossible for death to hold Him. This is your God. This is your Savior. The kings of the earth don't determine the course of this world. So what about them? Their plans will come to nothing. Their schemes will be found out. Satan will be tossed like a rag into the lake of fire prepared for him and all his angels. Christ runs this universe. And it is Christ whose will will be done when all is said and done. Worship him. He lives. This is who Jesus is right now. That's what he's doing. He's not slowly making his way around the world in a, in a, tattered, dirty robe and sandaled feet anymore. He's not tired. He's not hungry. He isn't thirsty. He isn't still carrying a cross or having to set aside his equality with God so that he would could humble himself to us as a servant. No, he's as John the Revelator saw him in Revelation 1 right now. 
This is not who Jesus will eventually be in the future. This is who he is now and forever. If we could see him right this moment, we would have to shield our eyes. When you hear stories or read books about people that like were in the hospital when Jesus came in in like a sweater and khakis and sat down with them and they just, you know, whittled the wood for a while. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. John was the beloved that used to lean against Jesus' chest when he would talk and gather with his disciples. How about now? How about now? We'd fall to the ground like we were dead in verse 17 where we'd to see the glorified and risen Christ. We couldn't withstand his majesty. We'd see one that looked like a man but who was clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. His hair would be bright, shining, otherworldly white. And his eyes, they would be to us like flames of pure fire. Meaning he is glorious. He sees all. He knows all. That alone, to know in that moment that we're fully seen and known, would take us off our feet. His feet would look like burnished bronze that had been refined in a furnace. So perfect and polished and bright. But then, when he spoke, his voice would no longer be suited for the earth. His voice would no longer just project well enough over the shore by the Sea of Galilee or up on a mountain so that thousands could hear him. No, no, no. Now, now his voice would sound like a million waterfalls thundering and Crashing with all their might, silencing, deafening all the opposition, every other voice. He'd be holding seven stars in his right hand, telling us that he is Lord over all of his church. Seven stars. Those bright, burning, shining balls of fire in the distant night sky that are mere dots to you and I. He holds seven of them in this vision in one hand. If you and I had the right kind of spaceship, we could get a meager 1.3 million miles from the sun. Any further, we would burn up and disintegrate. 1.3 million miles away. He holds seven of those in his hand in this vision. From his mouth comes the sharp two-edged sword that lays us bare before him, his perfect word that he speaks, that he is. And that sun that burns so hot, you and I can barely get a million miles away. That's how his face shines. Is it literal? Is it figurative? I don't think that's the point. I don't think it matters that much. He is what He is. And whatever He is, as John saw Him, John's legs buckled and He fell down like He was dead. So the answer to the question is this literal, is it symbolic? Let's just say yes. We would cower and cover our eyes and want to flee as soon as we were able to get up off the ground. And do you know 
what this risen, reigning, glorious, majestic, divine Son of God with the stars in His hand and fire in His eyes would do? He would lay His right hand on us, saying, Fear not. Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. The story of history is really the story of Jesus. That's why the world was created. That's why you and I exist at all. Why would we not be afraid of the glorified Son of God? How could we not fear such glory and majesty? That's why the Son is what it is. That's why God created it and put it where He did. When we want to look at it and we can or it will burn our eyes out if we stare too long. The, the sustains life. That, that's why God created it so that you and I would have a picture of what Jesus is like in His glory. And listen, the Son doesn't even touch it. That's His face. Shining like the sun in full strength. That's what his face looks like right now. Nobody's spitting in that face ever again. He shines with the light of a million suns to the glory of God for us. For us. Because he's not one to fear for those he has Redeemed. His appearance, his appearance is too glorious for our natural eyes, but not for our redeemed souls. And not one day for our glorified bodies either. The version of Jesus that John saw was a visible representation of the glory of the one who says, I am the first and the last. That means if eternity could be measured in time, which it can't, but if it could, eons before we existed, Jesus is. He just is. Eons of time into the future, Jesus is. He is presently at the beginning, at the end. He is. This means that Jesus is Lord over everything in between. He is the spectrum of all creation. He is Lord over sin and death, over Satan and his wretched minions, over hell and the grave. He is Lord over every earthly ruler and kingdom, over every disease and enemy, over every evil thought and every evil deed, over time, over history. Jesus is always, eternally, present. He is the beginning and the end of all creation and all history. He was standing long before it. He will be standing long after it. And all this He is, He is for you. Fear not. Nothing. Nothing. When you are afraid, when you are assaulted on every side, go to Revelation 1. That's your Jesus. Wherever you go, wherever you are, wherever you end up, Jesus is here now and will be there then for you. Behold, He is alive forevermore. The risen Christ will never be subjected again to suffering and death. 
His once for all sacrifice was fully sufficient so that he never needs to come again to accomplish redemption for us. It's finished. It's done. It's paid in full. It's complete. He will live and reign forever and ever. The Christ that was crucified that day stands alive now forever for you, beloved. And for you, unbeliever. For you. That's all the church is. It's a bunch of redeemed, former unbelievers in Christ. That's all we are. You don't have to be cool to join this club. You don't have to be good to join this club. In fact, if you think you're good, you can't get in. I know that I'm redeemed and my sins are forgiven and Christ has accepted me, but He did all that, not me, in spite of who I am. And He alone has the keys of death and Hades. That's one of the best lines in the Bible. It's such a flex. (laughs) The keys of death and Hades are mine. This means that When all is said and done, and Satan and his demons are thrown into the lake of fire, prepared for he and his angels, when Jesus locks the gate, what if somewhere down the line Satan decides to rebel again? Or, or, I don't know, it's locked from the outside. And Jesus has the keys to Hades and to death. That's why when you are resurrected, you, believer, will never die again. Unless, of course, one of us could pry the keys out of the hands of the one whose face is shining like the sun in full strength. Who holds on to seven stars in his hand so that we know how glorious he is over his church. Death is the captive of the risen and reigning Christ. So those of you that have lost dear loved ones in the Lord, All those that have gone before you in the faith have been laid claim to by King Jesus. And the grave will not be able to hold them down either. I just I just thought of this. It's not in my notes. If you don't believe me, you can look when we're done. I uh, I have a brother. I have a brother on the other side. His soul is there. His body is in the ground. That when he was alive was never able to walk or talk. You've heard me speak on him before, I'm sure. He was precious to our family. He was severely disabled. Never could walk or talk. And he died in his sleep when he was ten. And this is one of the added bonuses to add on to the beautiful story of things I don't deserve. 
the little boy who couldn't walk and couldn't talk will be reunited with that broken body that will be transformed into a glorious body. So on top of all this, on top of all this, we get to see children like him running, singing, praising forever. Do you know why? Because he holds the keys of death and Hades. He holds them. And no one. Read Revelation. Do you think anybody can touch the risen Christ? You know when they're mocking him? The night, the, the day that he's being crucified and the, the Roman soldiers are beating him and they blindfolded him and prophesied to his Christ, who will hit you next? I love to think, although I hope the man was eventually redeemed. But if he wasn't on judgment day, when Jesus looks him in the eye and says, I knew it was you. I knew it was you. The accuser will never again be able to condemn them or to condemn you, believer. All who believe are safe now for what comes then. The holder of the keys is none other. None other than the one who died and now lives. That's your Savior. He was here. He died. They buried him. He wasn't sleeping. He wasn't swooning. He was dead. They laid him in the grave. He has been vindicated by God with all the nations being made subject to him. With death, hell, and the grave being under his feet. Jesus Christ himself. Crucified, buried, raised, ascended, reigning. That is where Jesus is. That is what Jesus is doing as we speak. So happy Resurrection Day, saints of the living God. His reign means his people are safe, even if the world, the flesh, or the devil himself would take our lives. He is risen and he is yours as all that he is at the right hand of God the Father. And if he is not yours, receive him this day. This day. The risen Christ reigns and is alive forever more. Would you stand, please? We'll sing a song together now. Before we close, before we go. Christ is shown as so glorious and majestic so that His church would know that He has indeed been risen from the dead. To the broken, to the sinner who knows he can't come close or she can't come close, He is coming to you this morning to receive you to Himself. So that that Jesus is your friend and not your enemy. He died to save you from your sins, to bring you to life. Believe on Him as that, and He is yours. And believer, keep believing what you believe. 
he is yours.